Cinema Sit-Down, Episode 225, A Review of Animal Kingdom, hosted by Ryan Bull, Richard Lusk, and Tony Christ, January 17th, 2020. The following podcast has been approved for all audiences by Flying Bull Productions. best part of any film is the sit-down afterwards. Richard Lusk and Ryan Bull bring you Cinema Sit-Down. Welcome to Cinema Sit-Down. I'm one of three hosts. My name is Ryan Bull. Joining me across the table is Richard Lusk. How are you, sir? What's up, bud? <laughs> and on the other side of the table, we've got Tony Christ. How are you? I'm doing fine, I suppose, from that. <laughs> what up, bud? Apparently, someone is still drinking the eggnog left over from the holidays. Yeah, I think it's turned a little. It's turned. He said the apple cider. Yeah. It's turned hard. Oh, well. Um, we are continuing our series of hidden gems. Today, we get to do my pick. Uh, we're doing Animal Kingdom, uh, the 2010 film. I think we've talked about it on the podcast, but we never did a review of this. Oh, wow. So, I'm really excited. I know... Y- Lusk, you're a big fan of this director, mm-hmm. uh, David McCode mm-hmm. or Michael Michaud, 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 something like Michaud. that. Tony, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this director. Not the director. I had seen the movie years ago. You had turned me on to the movie a while back because you're a big uh, Joel Edgerton uh, fan. And yeah, big Joel Edgerton fan. I'm becoming a big Australian fan. <laughs> big fan of that. Of- the Australians, oh. or just the, the oh, country? Oh, oh, yeah, no. I, what was that just, Robert Pattinson movie that came out a couple years ago? The Rover. The Rover. Was the my, Rover. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. my top Guy, film of 2014. Guy Pierce yeah, Guy Pearce was in it. Yeah, yeah he's good. Yeah. And he was also yeah, no, in this movie. Not as good as in Iron Man 3, but... <laughs> Oh well, but uh, this is uh, this is Animal Kingdom. It's an Australian crime film. Uh, right now on TNT, they've uh, taken this film and turned it into a TV show that's been running for three, four seasons now. Uh, film stars Ben Mendelsohn, Guy Pearce, Joel Edgerton. It's just an awesome crime film. And the reason why I picked this when we were all you know deciding on what to do over the break, what films to review. I had just seen The Irishman and was so let down by it and mm. thought, you know, let's do a decent crime film and, you know, recommend something to the audience because lately America has not been nailing it with crime films. And I, I like a lot of these foreign films that have crime. Um, I was tempted to either go with this or uh, Outrage, which is a Yakuza film. So Japanese gangster. But uh, like I said, we'd never actually reviewed Animal Kingdom. Uh, we talked about Rover. I know that was Lust film of 2014. And then I'm a huge Joel Edgerton fan. So I, I thought this was a cool pick to do. I agree. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good one. Even though I think everyone had already seen this film. So we just had to go back and rewatch it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of forgotten a lot of it. I mean, there's a, there's a tone that I didn't forget. And there's a nuance to the camera work and stuff that's surprising for a first this is Michaud's first film, right? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, this is his first film. And I know on the last podcast we were talking about, like, would you recognize that, you know, this person's going somewhere? And to me, the performances, you know, the cinematography, everything, I'm like, this is a film to show people and be like, get excited. This person's going on and doing great things. Right. Um, ben Mendelsohn, I think you had 
been telling me how great he was. Uh, I think you discovered him in uh, Killing Me Softly. But this was the film that really got me going and thinking, oh, Ben Mendelsohn is a guy who can just really creep you out. Uh, he plays such a great bad guy. Mm. Um, yeah, so, he, is, he is the heart. Well, is he the guy, maybe is he not the, the Ready heart. Player One too. The who? Yeah, he's in. Uh, he's the bad guy in Ready Player yeah, One. Yeah, I do like him. Oh, okay. He was in Rogue One, Star Wars movie. Yeah, well. but those 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 aren't the same sort of character things that are going on. No, there he's like he's the top of like the corporate thing so he's a bad guy because of corporations and stuff here he's just a legit bad guy he's just a lecherous horrible i mean the embodiment of evil uh sort of archetype again also yeah he i think he just the 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 nature of his um presence in the movie sort of dominates the events but also he just i mean he steals the show for the most part did you get into a review of or like a summary or anything of what it is, or we just expecting the viewers will know. It's a story about this crime family. Um, the lead character, Joshua or Jay, his, uh, mom suddenly dies and he has to move in with his, uh, estranged family. And, uh, the head of the family is Jackie Weaver. Uh, she plays Smurf. She's like the matriarch of the whole family. And she's got all these sons, Ben Mendelsohn, uh, Luke Ford, I think, is in there, and they're bank robbers, drug dealers, and they just do horrible things, and eventually Jake kind of gets pulled into this world against his will, and he's got to struggle to survive. Yeah, the mom's kind of like a Ma Barker from you know American history crime, where she runs the family, but all the boys are kind of distinct personalities that if you put them all together, they become the mom. It's kind of an interesting take on it. Yeah, uh, Jackie Weaver was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for this film, uh, which, you know, she's fantastic in there. I, I agree with you, Lust, though, that Ben Mendelsohn was the best part of this film. Yeah. And I, he didn't get any real praise for his role. Well, not in America, but that's owing to his being, you know, being a foreign film, but it is the most highly acclaimed, in terms of awards, Australian movie in Australia. Like, it has something mm. like, I don't know. 38 awards nominations or oh, something yeah. like, or in and awards and nominations and stuff like that so well where Mendelssohn's good is he's a he's the like i said the bad guy in the movie uh that's full of bad guys but almost all the other brothers and you know i think george is a friend of the family they all have some kind of redeeming quality about them but Mendelssohn doesn't have that you know once he makes his decision his mind up about something he goes through with it you know regardless of who it's going to hurt Oh, yeah, he's just a pure psychopath. I mean, to me, he is one of... In this film, he's one of the great villains on cinema. Mm-hmm. Especially in the uh, 21st century. I'm not sure really who I'd put above him. Um, well, when no you consider I'll, the I'll fact agree. that he is such the embodiment of abject, abject evil, the character itself is just, you know, what he does and what he accompli- you know, accomplishes or what he... What he accomplishes to do in the movie is so reprehensible and horrible. There's still this strange attraction to him where you can kind of feel empathy, maybe. Or you can, Mm -hmm. like, he's able to evoke, you know, um, emotions, complicated, complex emotions in the viewer to where you can, you you kind of feel sorry for him in a weird way. I mean, I, at least for me, anyway, watching it the second time. I don't, I don't remember it the first time, but watching it no, the second time. Yeah, I don't feel any sympathy towards him. Like, you know, the other, the other brothers and stuff, and I, I compare this a lot to like, The Godfather, where 
you kind of understand the motivation of the brothers to get involved in the business, like something wrongs them. I don't think you ever see anything. I guess they, they kill off one of the family members or the friends early on, but Mendelssohn's character, like he would be bad no matter what. Like he doesn't need a, he doesn't need a reason to be drawn in. You know, it's like, like in Godfather where I think Jay is very similar to, to Al Pacino's character where, you know, Michael and Corleone doesn't get involved until there's the attack on his father. You know, yeah, and that's what I he think, gets involved in the family. I don't I think, think Mendelssohn shows that in here. I don't think he's just a bad guy. I'm. Th- I think if you go back, if you if you go back and look at it a second, maybe even a third time, you can see that Mendelssohn's doing some things with a character where, I mean, he's horrible. I'm not. Don't get me wrong, but right, there is something sympathetic about him. But hey, Bull, you be the judge of it. You've seen it a couple of times. What do you think? I don't have any sympathy for Ben Mendelssohn, the character, right? Yeah, the character. Yeah, oh, <laughs> right. yeah. I have nothing personal against the actor. No, I, yeah, no, I, 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 I like the actor, and he is so evil. I feel like every time he's on screen, you're waiting to see what he's going to do next, and you have no clue. And you're also thinking, well, he can't get any worse than this, and he keeps doing worse and worse things. Huh. All right. Uh, but no, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I also, I love Joel Edgerton. He's one of my favorite actors. And this was really the film that helped make his career. Um, and then he's been a longtime uh, writer, uh, co-producer with the director. They've done a bunch of stuff together. Yeah, apparently in Australia, there's a, I don't know if it's called like a council or a conglomerate or something like that of filmmakers. And they get together and they support each other. And they appear in each other's films, and they, you know, get financing for each other in a variety of ways. And mm-hmm. uh, he's one of them. I mean, Edgerton, Guy Pierce is involved with this, and showed, I suppose. And um, I, I don't know. It's an interesting way of being communist and capitalist at the same time. I, I like seeing movies, though, with similar actors. Like we mentioned the Irishman stuff earlier. You know, I like the idea of, you know, we see a Scorsese movie, you know it's going to have a De Niro, especially back in the 90s, or like a Leonardo DiCaprio. I, I kind of like that, you know, Ron Howard always using his brother, and up until his father passed away, he used his father a lot too, and kind of watching the movie for those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to step out for just one second. Keep going, guys. Do you... All right, so let me, um, let me break this down a little bit. Do you think there's anyone that's redeemable in the of the brothers because you you mentioned something you said they all have different qualities and characteristics right yeah i think they're all kind of like if mendelson's character i think he would be the bad guy regardless of the mom and the family but i think jay especially i don't think he would be a criminal if it wasn't for being in a criminal family now there's a funny thing because I think early on they mentioned the mom had left the family because of the crime, but the mom still does heroin and, and overdoses and dies right. right next to her son. So I mean there is some crime going on there, but I don't think Jay would have gotten involved with that uh, unless he was part of the family. But she's wearing a nurse's outfit. And later on, you hear from Smurf that the reason she left is they just argued. Right. That she didn't agree with something that that smurf said and apparently they had just had a falling out over a card game or something right and obviously it must have been like that was that wasn't the first fight that was like the hundredth fight and she finally right, just right. left you know because i mean there's always stories of families like that it's like you know we don't talk you know we had there's one fight that broke us up but it had been simmering for a while right you know but it was the, a meaningless a meaningless yeah, it was, thing it was like the toothpaste tube wasn't you know the cap wasn't put back on that's why you left but that was right. the, that was the straw 
That wasn't. It was something like she wouldn't believe that what he said, what she said was. Yeah. Or she wouldn't agree with her or something. Yeah. I'm confusing this with another movie right now, but now I get what you're saying. Uh, Yeah, no, I think that, I think, uh, because, you know, because you don't meet Mendelssohn's character until, I don't say about halfway through the movie when he's, you know, everybody's looking for him, the cops are looking for him, and he kind of sneaks in through the back door. But the other brothers all seem to, like, high-five and hug Jay when he shows up, and it's like, kind of like when you there's a family member you haven't seen in a few years when you see him again he's just part of the family he's not you don't like have to you know you don't make him jump in or read you know you don't have to reinitiate him into the family he's just there uh, he yeah. all, you know the, the grandmother brought him in she and it's kind of like you know sorry your mom died but you know it brought you back to the family so you know that's you know there's always a silver lining well, that's a good thing for her because she has this weird incestuous relationship with all those. Right, which again is very Ma Barker, and I think it's they're you know, bringing up like a De Niro movie with Brian De Palma. The gang couldn't shoot straight. That was one of the things with Ma Barker is that she did have weird. She had a different relationship with each one of her sons. Apparently, the character of Smurf is played, and I don't know if this comes out in dialogue or not. Each of the children, each of the six children that she has, are from different fathers. I can see that. Huh. Okay. So, yeah. I, that's well, the way she approached the movie. You know, in the profession that we're in, we definitely have seen that with families and stuff too. Yeah. Well, they don't feel like a family. They don't look that similar. Uh, some movies do. You know, it's just such a great job of casting people that they actually look like they could be siblings. This film, no. Well, I, I, I never feel like that watching this. No, you really anybody like that's where I think it was Joel Edgerton. Like they say, he's a friend of the family. It's like, oh, I would have just assumed he was in the family because, you know, they all you know look alike. I mean, they, I mean none of them look alike. Mm-hmm. You know, you could easily just, oh, he's a brother too. Yeah, it's funny because I was thinking of uh, the other one is kind of not 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 like this necessarily, but having the brothers is there's the Mark Wahlberg movie. I think it's called Brothers or Four Brothers, um, where they're all foster brothers, but they're closer than a family than these guys, you know, were. Well, this oh, is yeah. based on a real crime family, right? And, uh, I don't know much about them, but not that I got yeah, you know, I don't know Australian mob movies, you know, mob you know history as much as I do like American stuff. Yeah, no, I. I... I like this just because, again, crime movies are awesome, and Australian crime movies are pretty good, too. Uh, I don't know whether this is better than Chopper, yeah. uh, but th- that was another one I was considering. Uh, Lusk, uh, Chopper's fantastic. No, I know, I agree, but it's a... <laughs> it's a different type of thing. Yeah. Well, I wonder... Not as accessible. Yeah. <laughs> With Australian crime movies, you know, different because of, like, the gun control stuff, you know, where, you know... Here, I mean, you know, gun control is what it is, but in Australia, they had that big mass shooting back in the 90s and really cramped, uh, clamped down on it. So, like, the idea is you'd have a, guys with guns instantly make some bad guys in an Australian movie. Mm-hmm. Versus like, here in America, you see, like, the John Woo movies where you the guys are dumping out with two pistols sideways and all that. It's like, oh, guns are cool, but I can see in a country where they're outright banned, like, that instantly makes them bad guys. Well, yeah, there's a scene with uh, Jay early in the movie where he has to i guess he brandishes a gun onto a couple of people in in america i think you would just assume that the other guys had a gun too right like you don't you don't yell at a guy in a fender bender because he's going to shoot you right. in america here here in australia he pulls out the guns like dude what are you doing like they instantly go from you know mfing them to like dude what are you doing is this and movie like, set in 1988 or is it set oh, in 2010 no, it's definitely said in the past because they're still using pay phones. Yeah, so in here. Which has a cell phone though. The girl has a cell phone. 
It's a flip oh, that's phone. right. She does. Yeah, because yeah. they call each other. So it's probably like ninety-ish. Like whenever the real family's supposed to take place, it's probably after that, just so that you didn't have well, to. Well, it was do eighty-eight when the real murder of the right. Two so it's got to be in the nineties. So it's around the time of anyway of whatever gun control stuff they had. Well, you didn't have flip phones until two thousand. Okay, yeah. but I don't know. The the movie still feels like a, a forgotten era. Uh, what was I watching? I was watching Elf yesterday with my wife. You know, where Will Ferrell starts fighting fake Santa in the department store. Yeah. And I turn to my wife and I go, oh, this is such a simpler time. And she's like, what are you talking about? I said, you don't see anyone in the crowd videoing this with their phone. Yeah, right. And, and she's like, oh. And just instantly you're like, wow, this movie is old all of a sudden just because it's, it's such a different world. It all of a sudden turns black and white. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, that's how it felt watching right. it. So, I don't know. I like this. Uh, I know, Lusk, you had said, uh, Rover was your top film back in 2014. Mm-hmm. Which of these two films do you prefer? Uh, probably Rover. Still. still, yeah, I just like the I, I like the the way it deals with ambiguity more than anything else. I mean, this is this has twists and turns, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's revenge. Uh, you know, it's it's acting out a revenge narrative. The other one, the Rover. The thing I most liked about the Rover is I couldn't see it coming i couldn't see things coming i didn't see the bend in the road with the rover <clears throat> like i did with this movie more more or less I, I mean i know there's twists in it like i said but it still seems sort of a straightforward narrative so fair enough i gotta, Tony, I gotta you ever, give the nod to the rover have you seen the rover i have it's, it's, it's been a couple of years but even watching it, i remember thinking i like this animal kingdom uh better um I, yeah, I, I, like you said, Joel, I, just kinda, I liked him in this, and you know, just the story and Guy Pierce too. Um, I just think was a better movie. I, I'd have to watch the Rover again to you know compare them, but from what I can remember, like I remember more about this than I did the Rover watching it. Both of them, yeah, were pretty unsettling. Oh yeah, but oh, yeah. I remember watching this. Uh, I think back in like 2015 or so, and watching it in January. Finished it at like one in the morning. I emailed you, Lusk, and said you need to go see this film. Right. And I also remember being a little sad because it was like January 5th or something. I thought, this is going to be the best movie I watch all year. <laughs> and it was. And I thought, you know, I'm five days into the year and I've already seen the best film I'm going to see all year. So uh, I just, uh, this definitely is on my top 10 list of all time. So, wow. well, let me ask you this. You're going back into the movie a little bit. The character uh-huh. played by Jay, do you think he is stupid? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Do you think he's he's mentally incapacitated, or could he could he be the character that he is that he becomes? He's got to be a little touched in the head, right? But the, he's got to be I, that opening scene when he's uh, with his mom, and she's so decent next to him, and he just gets up and calls the cops. Yeah, and then Doesn't he's tell her watching to stop, like beforehand. Yeah, and then he goes back to watching the game show, even as they're working on his mom. Yeah. Do you think he thinks she's dead there? Or that she's just, this is just one in a series of Yeah, I imagine she must have OD'd before on him. Overdoses, and he's just like, I'll let the professionals take care of it. Yeah, I got to think, oh, oh mom's OD'd again. Like, But he's so <laughs> catatonic later, even when he's talking to everybody. Like, I don't know if he emotes much at any well, point. Well, he gets more about it when uh, when uh, he, when he because he doesn't see it right away, but he figures out that uh, um, the, his, his uncle or whatever killed his girlfriend. Like right. that's why I think what he finally puts it all together in the bathroom that you know this is what happened. I think that's when he has that turn and and like I said before bringing this up with like the Godfather, that's when he becomes Michael Corleone 
uh, you know, in the restaurant scene. Again, not as cool as Michael Corleone, but, you know, you see that scene in the bathroom in, in The Godfather when Al Pacino goes in the bathroom, like, if he, when he pulls the trigger, like, this is it. Like, he's in the family business. He could walk away and not do it, but he can be in the family right now. But the I character think that, that begins I think that, the movie is not the same character that ends the movie. No, and you can see because he's, he, you know, he gets hugged by Smurf at the end. and you know, No, he hugs Smurf at the end. Well, he hugs she Smurf, but he's, She doesn't hug him back. Right, and because she's, yeah. you know, she was going to have him killed and I guess now has to accept him as part of the family. Well, he, she has to realize that he's capable of doing, yeah. what, you know, taking Darren out of her life. And he, he realizes that Darren's not going to do to him. Right. So now he's in control. Right. And there's that, and I kind of like that because it's a kind of goes against the crime movies where, you know, there's a big showdown between the protagonist and the antagonist here. When the guy walks in, he, you know, he, he is, he sees uh, Jay and Jay just shoots him. It's like, there's nothing to talk about. Does the movie suffer? Like, do we suffer as an audience because of the complications of the of jurisprudence in Australia with the barrister and the lawyer? And <laughs> because the yeah, it's it's a little nuanced and twisty at the end. The way that he's able to play the system against itself, but no, I th- I think that plays out because you see that like in Goodfellas too, which is. Uh, or Goodfellas also when uh, when Henry gets busted the first time and the lawyer and the judge just nod at each other and he gets away with it, you know, as a kid. I think, you know, corruption in, in politics and corruption in the criminal system is universal, I think. Yeah, I get corruption. I, I get the idea, but th- does the fact that the character of Jay has to be in control of all the different elements of the, of the, um, of the uh, twist... And he has to rely on the fact that he's going to be able to counterman justice to get his brothers off in a complicated way that I don't think would happen in American justice system. It does that. I mean, I, I think that that diminishes from the movie because there were some things that weren't necessarily clear. Like, I think what happens is you have a lawyer, but the lawyer, the barrister is a public defender that goes in front of the judge and makes the case and she has to be corrupt, too. I'm not really sure how it works. Well, that's what, maybe it's an American thing for where, you know, in real life, so many things are done as plea bargains and you, you know, you plead it down so that, you know, ultimately you just pay the fine rather than go to prison or go to trial because trials are so expensive on the taxpayers. So maybe Australia's got a similar thing. I don't know. No, he had to lie in order to get his brothers off. That's true. But he had to know that ultimately that his lie was going to pay off for him in the end. So he had to be playing the system two different ways three different ways really i don't know just added a layer of complication that i that i couldn't you know wrap my head around necessarily kind of took away oh i just thought his lawyer had given him advice on what to say and what to do to make this all work out for the family right i didn't really see him as being a mastermind of all this Hmm. right and i think they make a point too uh, at least on wikipedia but i don't know in the movie like Guy Pierce is the only clean cop. All the other cops are pretty dirty anyway, so, you know, as long as you grease everybody, you're good <laughs> to go. I like how the uh, people that were supposed to be protecting him and witness protection just were like, oh, shoot, I ain't getting killed for this twit. Right, they surrender right away. <laughs> and, and he just, put the guns and he down. Just walks out the, he just walks out the back door and hides away while the cops, yeah. you know, if they get, I don't think they have a shootout because one cop just surrenders. It's like, Dude, you're gonna give up your witness, like the, because they even talk about it, they go, those are police. Why? Just because they vest as police? You can buy those anywhere. I don't know. That guy's able to to navigate the streets of Melbourne pretty effectively, 
Jay, that is. Like, he has no really support group when he, when the cops won't have anything to do with him or, you know, and the, the crime family's after him. It doesn't right. show him, you know, working the alleys and stuff, but he has to be able to navigate through this world in a way that we just have to accept. Yeah. Just runs out the back door. <laughs> then he shows yeah. up later. I liked it. I thought it was a solid pick. And again, just, you know, you can't go wrong with Australia. <laughs> yeah. Except for that Vegemite. That's horrible. Okay. Crocodile Dundee. Uh, Walter, Hunt for the Walter people. Uh, that's New Zealand. Yes. They, I don't know, like, they don't like you I, screwing with that. No, it's, like, it's the continent of Australia is what I was referring to. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice save. All right. <laughs> All right. So I think that was another solid pod, gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll do some more of these here in the future. But I think for today... All I got to say is there be dragons. Hoxhead Bonin. Memento Mori. What did you think of today's show? Did the guys get it right? Or are you wondering what movie they watched? Send in your review by tweeting at CSD Podcast, emailing cinemasitdown at gmail.com, or messaging us on facebook.com backslash cinemasitdown. Cinema Sit Down is a Flying Bull production. seeing uh, like Passion of the Christ like that and thinking I don't know if I'm allowed to eat during this movie alright <laughs> I'm sad I, I hope you're cutting this out because I think I, I cussed a lot just recently maybe not I don't know uh, I mean this is all outtake stuff alright alright we're ready to do number three roll it yeah it's still the only Hobbit movie I've seen oh yeah yeah I've seen the other two but that was the only one I saw in theaters that's when I remember they do the barrel chase scene and it's just like knocking through guys. It's just like, you know, killing spree. <laughs> it just takes out like 30 guys. Wait, you watched that in 4K, right, Bull? Yeah, we watched it at the high frame, high frame rate, rate thing. That's the only way yeah. Bull would see it. Well, that's why, yeah, that's the only reason I wanted to see it. And it's a, it's uh, a, it was something seeing the rainfall on that thing was like, this is like real rain falling in the theater. Which has had yeah, less uh, staying power, 3D or high frame rate? Uh, <laughs> They're still doing 3D movies. Yeah, and they're still doing high frame rate. Uh, Gemini Man was uh, high frame rate. Oof. But apparently it was like such a high frame rate that there are only seven theaters in the world that can show it <laughs> properly. And they're all in Asia. Seven. That's a good film. Yeah. Because as many people saw that too, it was seven. Yeah. It's probably not as bad as they say. What, Gemini oh, well. Man? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably not. I think Will Smith is t- t- talented enough. Like, he's good in the movie, even if the movie's bad.